Hello, I'm Gemma Davies, and I'm the Community Manager here at Future of SaaS. Welcome to SaaScast, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future-proof your product, whether that's building the ultimate SaaS marketing team or taking your products global. Our guests will help you grow, scale up, and work smarter. Today, we're joined by Spencer Kuhn, co-founder and COO at Beamer. Beamer is a change log and notification center that helps you notify users in-app about product changes, new features, improvements, and more. So Spencer will be giving us his tips on how to better manage the feedback loop for customers. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Gemma. Um, so to start off, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Beamer? Yeah, for sure. So like you mentioned, my name is Spencer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Beamer. Uh, and Beamer is basically a change log and a notification center that helps notify users in-app about your latest product updates and get user feedback. So it's a great tool for SaaS and we're working with Customers uh, and companies like Intercom, Drift, Hotjar, Atlassian, Freshworks, and many other leading SaaS players. Um, one of our main goals is to help incentivize and enable the feedback loop so that SaaS companies can build better products that users love. That sounds great. And you're obviously working with lots of um, SaaS companies there. So it's obviously a very useful tool. Can you explain for our audience what the feedback loop is and why it's so important for a SaaS business? Yeah, so basically, uh, the feedback loop is a process of gathering customer feedback and using that feedback to build a better product. And this is typically comprised of various stages. Uh, the first being measure, then learn, build, and then update and engage. So for measuring, that's going to be doing things like looking at product analytics, asking for feedback directly, using tools like NPS survey tools or CSAT, um, having a public roadmap with voting and uh, allowing your users to suggest new features. Learning, so that's sort of like analyzing the different feedback you, you get, identifying trends, um, and identifying what possible features you could build. The building stage, which is obviously just like creating the feature uh, or improvement within your product. And then a super important part at the end, which is updating and engaging. So that's actually announcing to your users, hey, these are the different new features, improvements, bug fixes, whatever it is that I've created for you, letting them know about it, having them discover the new feature, and then the whole cycle starts again. Then you can measure how the users are reacting to it with the direct feedback. You can use product analytics to see if they're actually using those new features. And the whole cycle kind of starts again so that you can learn, build, and then update and engage on newer and better features. Um, and what that allows you to do is essentially adapt really quickly to market demands, which is extremely important, especially nowadays in SaaS, where there being so many different options um, and pretty low switching costs to switch between different tools. Um, so yeah, customers, companies definitely have a need to like differentiate themselves, um, and provide solutions that really allow them to retain their customers. And the feedback loop is definitely an integral part of that. That's great. Um, so it's a fantastic way for, um, companies to keep developing, to really connect with their customers and to improve upon their product. Um, yeah, so how, sure. do you, how do you handle the feedback loop at Beamer? Yeah, so uh, it's obviously like kind of a complicated process. So we use a variety of different like tools and internal processes. So um, for product analytics, which is more like the measure side of things, um, we do use some like internal analytics, but you can also use tools like Hotjar, Mixpanel, or Amplitude. I would recommend all those guys. They have really good products for helping you look at product analytics. Um, we're constantly talking with our customers. So we use like live chat, and then we have a variety of feedback tools within Beamer that I'll probably get into a bit later that help us constantly be in dialogue with our customers to understand like what they want. Being as responsive as possible, I think is a really important part of the feedback loop. So giving users sort of this sense that if that they're heard and that if they do send feedback to you, it'll be acted upon promptly. 
Um, and then one sort of philosophy that we have, which I think is really important for us is making many incremental changes over like having like those few big, massive launches. Yeah. Um, this is just much easier to measure and correct so that you can actually tell if the changes you're making, um, given the feedback of your users, like are providing more value for your customers. So I think that's kind of philosophy we try to stick to as much as possible. Um, and then, you know, we, we do like try to announce changes consistently, use segmentation so that um, those announcements are more relevant and more engaging, and then like measure everything with analytics. I think that's super, super important. Um, and like the announcing side of things, this is definitely something I think was very like underappreciated and underutilized sort of before um, we launched Beamer a few years ago. So before Beamer, you know, with the feedback loop, companies are basically just using like email or internal blogs that no one reads or some sort yeah. of basic, in, you know, in-house tool with no analytics or segmentation um, to announce their new product changes. And so this was kind of a big change in SaaS um, when we kind of came on the market and just started making it be a really important part of the feedback loop that announcing to your users in a consistent and engaging way, you know, what's new within yeah. your product. Um, yeah, and I think it just really leads to like a really productive loop for the industry as a whole, because then you have like more informed users. They have this expectation now that, you know, the SaaS companies are going to be, you know, consistently and constantly like creating new and better features. Um, and yeah, that just forces like SaaS companies to, to evolve quicker. And um, yeah, I just think it's good for the industry like as a whole. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, a big improvement from the days of just emailing and asking someone's opinion. So um, definitely. So what tips do you have for creating effective feedback loops? And what are the top ways that you could do that? Totally. So some of the top ways that we use and we've seen be successful in, in our customers is so asking for feedback, feedback directly. So like when you announce something new, um, you know, directly ask the user what they think about that new product update or new announcement um, using tools like an NPS tool. So this is a way to measure user sentiment over time um, by asking them like how likely they would be to recommend your product or service to a friend or colleague. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, measuring that over time, seeing if it differs, differs by different like user groups um, or segments, um, using analytics, like product analytics, like we mentioned earlier, reactions, sentiment roadmaps. So like telling your users, Hey, these are the features that we're planning on building. What do you think of these? Would you suggest any new ones? Those would be like some of the top ways I'd say to, um, collect feedback. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, just, you know, in general, creating effective feedback loops, like, like I mentioned before, just like announcing the updates consistently into the right groups mm. using a variety of modals. So, um, you know, pop-ups, snippets, tooltips, you know, sidebar feeds, um, just like as many different engaging ways to kind of match the, the tone and the type of content they're sharing. I think that's, that's important. Um, and then making sure you respond to customer feedback. We touched on this before, but don't just collect it, like make the user feel heard. So like, even if you're not going to necessarily prioritize and make that product change that the user is asking for, like at least make the user feel that they're heard. And if you're not going to make the change, you know, try to help them understand like why, why it's not a change that makes sense for you to do at this time. And it'll just make them feel like um, their feedback is valuable and being used and make them more likely to give you feedback in the future, like to have that, that effective feedback loop. Yeah, absolutely. That, that definitely makes sense. Obviously making that connection with the customer, sort of having that personal, personal relationship obviously makes them sort of more connected to your product. Um, as you say, much more um, likely to give you more feedback in the future and help you develop as well. For sure. 
Um, so what's the best way that you use that data once you get it back from your customers? Obviously, you've mentioned um, sort of how you communicate with them in return for their um, feedback and whether it's going to be um, put into a product change or not. But sort of what's the best way that you go forward with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we have definitely from experience some some tips uh, uh, on this uh, on this issue. So the the first tip I would give people is like don't always do exactly what the customer says. Like really think about the problem they're trying to solve because the customer is really an expert in the problem, but like not necessarily an expert in the solution or like how that should be built. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like Henry Ford said, you know, if I'd asked people like what they wanted, they would have said they wanted faster horses. Right. So like, they're not, <laughs> they're not always going to be right. So, you know, and it actually may be even very different, like what a customer says they want. It might be very different from what they'll actually use in practice. So like, that's where like the product analytics and like measuring what customers are actually doing versus what they're saying, like is also, also important. Like an example from like a previous uh, company that, that I co-founded a previous product we built, um, like our customers were asking, it was a collaboration platform and like our customers were asking for more test management tools. But like when we looked at product analytics, 90% of the use of the product was for this like very simple chat feature, like live chat feature that we had built in internal chat. And so we ended up building a standalone chat as like a separate product that ended up being much more successful than this um, sort of like original like collaboration platform. So just an example of like how I really think it's important to look at what customers do and then also, you know, what they what they say. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, Obviously, the customers know what they want to get out of it, but you guys are the ones who are the experts in your product. You can sort of see the bigger picture, find the strategy to sort of find the solution that works, which is, as you say, not always exactly what the customer asks for. For sure. Um, so how do you handle negative feedback when it comes back if you know a customer isn't isn't happy with the way that you've responded or or the way that the product is developing? Totally. I really like this question. So for us, like I would say Beamer's philosophy is that there really is no negative feedback. So feedback is kind of like always an opportunity to improve your product and to show your customers that you're working to solve their problems. So really like negative feedback, I mean, the opportunity, you you have an opportunity always to convert that negative feedback into a really positive product experience. So if you solve a customer problem quickly, they're often like we've at least seen uh, that they're often more happy with a quick and like efficient, you know, help in resolving that issue from your team than if they'd never had the problem in the first place. So it's like both an opportunity to improve your product because they're giving you feedback that, you know, can help you fix something that's potentially not working the ideal way in your product. And you have the opportunity to leave your customer like very satisfied because they really believe that you listen to them and like you'll help them solve their issues like as quickly as possible. So yeah, I would say, you know, there's really no negative feedback. And then always another tip too, is just like always be polite and respectful. Like even if their tone is a little bit negative or abrasive, um, you know, just really train like your customer success and like support teams to be like, um, you know, always polite, always respectful. Um, I just, I really think this leaves like a really highly, you know, professional and positive image um, for the user and customer. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Obviously, as you say, I think a, a lot of companies will, or a lot of people in, in, um, SaaS businesses will always sort of have negative feedback and will look at that in a, in a negative way. So I really like that idea of sort of negative feedback being a chance for you to connect with the customer and sort of let them know the, the positive side of things and to have that interaction. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And just solving that problem quickly. It's like I said, it, it's so funny. It's like, it's, it's almost better to have the, the customer have a problem 
uh, and then solve it quickly. They'll, they'll often come out the other side, like even more satisfied with your product than if they'd never experienced an issue at all. Yeah, definitely. Um, if they'd if they'd never sort of been in contact with you at all, they would never know how great the the um, the interaction could have been. So yeah, definitely a positive thing there. For sure. Um, so how do you strike the right balance um, between automated and in-person feedback strategies? Obviously, things are developing quite quickly at the moment with you've sort of got lots of AI messaging tools and things like that. How do you um, strike that balance? Yeah, this is another great question. I really like it. So we we kind of skew pretty far to one end of the scale. So we definitely prefer automated. Um, I really just believe that this removes the bias uh, that people often have of like not wanting to offend a real live person. So I really believe that. Yeah. I I just think that like unsupervised and like anonymous feedback is much less inhibited Mm -hmm. and it's going to give your product team like much more real and useful, you know, feedback for your, for your team to act on. Um, an example I can give of this is like, you know, we obviously have like an NPS survey tool with Beamer where people can leave a score and like, we'll often like when people leave us a relatively low score, um, we'll contact them personally. Um, you know, to like ask them, you know, Oh, Hey, like, you know, uh, sorry to hear that, you know, that you let this score, like, you know, what can we do to improve? And I say like eight or nine times out of 10, they'll like, you know, sort of like regret their low feedback and say, Oh, I didn't really, you know, it's not really that bad. Like I, you know, just because like, they don't want to offend that like real life, you know, person that that's now like reaching out. Um, so yeah, I just, I would recommend use as many tools as you can to like automate that feedback and just remove that live component. So you get a more honest answer. That's really interesting. I wasn't expecting that to be the answer. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and we, you know, certainly I I don't think you should have no in-person feedback. So in our case, like, like I mentioned, we try to communicate with our customers as much as possible. And so like whenever our customer success or tech support, you know, our sales team is, is talking with the customer. Like that is definitely a great opportunity to get good feedback and you should ask for it. I'm not saying don't do that, but we've just seen that. Um, yeah, there can definitely be bias there when you're talking with like a real life person that you might be afraid of, of offending. That's a really interesting, um, sort of, uh, insight there on, on sort of how to move forward with feedback. So what do you think are some of the biggest problems or mistakes people make when collecting feedback? And I don't know if you can tie that to sort of any examples you've come across yourself. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So I I think I already mentioned this before, but you know, just for sure, like don't necessarily do exactly what, you know, the feedback is suggesting you to do. Definitely know how to prioritize, you know, figure out what signal, like real signal versus like noise. Um, you know, giving like a higher priority to feedback left by like a higher ACV customer or by strategic customers. You know, we definitely did this early on. That was actually a big strategy of ours. It's like giving extra support or possibly even doing like custom dev stuff that we normally never do for feedback that we got from strategic customers who we knew would either be like really good validation for Beamer or who could bring us extra customers in the future by you know, basically like showcasing, showing Beamer to like all of all of their customers and users. Um, yeah. So yeah, just don't, don't be afraid to do that. Like, don't be afraid <laughs> to prioritize, you know, certain customer feedback over, over others. Um, and then not asking for feedback in context. So, you know, we definitely found that you'll get much higher quality um, feedback and a much higher response rate while the user's on your app. So like, you know, ask for them, ask for the feedback while they're actually like using your tool or product. Um, but like also, you know, try to avoid being too annoying. So like in our product, for example, in the NPS tool, like you can set retry delays. So if a user, you know, gives you a score, like 
um, like, or like rate your app, you know, you can decide like how long to wait until you ask for feedback again. And like, um, I think a lot of customers tend to want to get as much feedback as possible. So, um, you know, they may be inclined or sort of like tend to try to ask for feedback like fairly often, but we found that you actually get oftentimes like much higher quality feedback and even better response rates if you kind of spread it out a little bit. So like setting, you know, longer retry delays, um, you know, an MPS, not showing, you know, uh, asking for feedback. This is actually another good one, like not asking necessarily feedback, uh, asking for feedback or ratings while the user's on uh, a mobile device. That can actually be really helpful because on a mobile device, the user is so much more likely just to leave you like a basic reaction or, or just some like sort of like very short basic version of feedback. Whereas, you know, when on their, their laptop or whatever, their desktop, it's, it's much more likely for them to give you detailed and more meaningful feedback. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, the other, the other yeah, for sure. For sure. And then the other, the last kind of like, you know, kind of biggest problem or mistake that I think we, we see is just definitely touched on this already, but not being responsive, you know, just make sure the user knows you're listening. And even if you're not going to prioritize, which you should definitely do and like definitely not, you know, do all, all the suggestions that are being given to you. Um, but at least let the user know that they were heard you know, thank them for the feedback. And, and if you can, like try to explain to them like why, why it doesn't necessarily make sense at this time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously it's important to, as you say, you said before, to let the customers know that they're being heard, um, you know, whether it's negative, positive or, or neutral. Um, for sure. So once you've um, gathered that feedback, you sort of come up with a plan of what you're going to do with it. How do you work with other departments to implement changes based on feedback? Yeah. So this is going to definitely depend a lot on like the company's size and structure, but yeah. it's that basic, you know, process of getting the feedback, learning, prioritizing, deciding what to build. And then not only doing that, but like announcing it, like really making sure your users know um, what these like new features and improvements are so that you can start that like, you know, feedback loop and, and have that kind of virtuous or like productive, productive cycle. Um, and then I think, you know, having like kind of one, or a couple of centralized tools where you can invite team members from, you know, different like areas, different groups, like within your company, that's really helpful. So like on Beamer, for example, like, you know, you have a team settings and you can invite people from your customer success team, from your product team, from your marketing team, from your sales team. And so you can have all those different departments have access to a whole bunch of feedback, um, on the same tool and like really collaborate there to like, um, yeah, understand it, learn from it, from it, analyze it, identify the trends and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's actually moved quite um, well into our next question, which is how do you go about identifying trends in customer satisfaction? Totally. So this is a really cool new area and we're actually going to be putting a ton of focus on this internally for Beamer and building out different like capabilities um, that will help right. our customers do this. But yeah, so for example, for like our MPS tool, like you know, people can leave you a, so you basically ask them to rate you. And then you can ask a follow-up question, like saying like, Hey, why, you know, why do you feel like that? Like what, why did you either leave a positive score or a negative score? And so what we're building out is different, like, and it's using like some AI capabilities, like building different tools for you to identify different keywords and tags so that if, you know, fit, you know, 20% of users are leaving responses, like, you know, easy to use with the word easy in it. Like you can identify that and like understand that, okay, ease of use is something that our customers identify with, you know, find value in, and we need to double down on that. You know, we need to be really cognizant, for example, of feature creep, you know, and not, not building, um, a product that becomes too expensive. And, and we lose this like, um, 
you know, thing that we know that like our users are, are really depending on and really valuing. Um, so things like that, you know, using like keywords and tags to identify like trends in the, in the different responses you're getting. And then also like measuring sentiment and reactions and just automating that as much as possible. So like on, if you, and I'm just going to give an example from Beamer again, like if, you know, if you leave a product announce a product update, there'll be these three like emoji, um, reactions that a user can leave either for like negative, neutral or positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've built that tools for you to like very easily see on your dashboard, like across your different announcements and updates, you know, what was the sentiment of the user, um, for that update. Um, and so I think, you know, and, and that's cool because it's, it's a little more automated as well. So like automating as much of that, like trend identif- identification as you can, I think is, is definitely helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of, as you said before, sort of taking that, um, data into account in sort of via AI and via automated tools, it kind of can make it a little bit more honest as well. So that's, um, that's really helpful. For sure. So as our final question, um, how do the conclusions drawn from your feedback, all these different ways that you've explained of, of how to collect it, how best to collect it, how to communicate with your customers, how to identify trends, how do you use those conclusions to um, feed into wider goals for the company? Yeah. And again, this will definitely also depend on the company, but like, I, I would just say, I mean, you, you can't afford not to have it. I mean, the feedback and the feedback loop, like it's, it's almost really not even like feeding into the wider goals. It's it like, should be, it should be, I mean, one of the wider goals for your company is like having a really comprehensive and effective feedback loop. Um, it's going to be good for your product. It's going to help let your customers know that you're working hard for them. It's going to convince them that your product is state of the art um, it's going to push you to build a better product. And so it's going to help, you know, your product in general It's going to help you with retention and engagement. And then it also just helps the, the industry as a whole. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it's a really cool kind of trend that we're seeing is having more demanding and informed users who are pushing SaaS companies to build better and better products. And then that's a virtuous cycle. Those better and better products then get seen by the users. And um, yeah, it's just the next generations of products is even, even that much more like, um, impactful. So yeah, I, that's all I say about that. It's just, you can't afford not to have it. It should definitely be like a, a very important part of your overall strategy. Yeah. Perfect. And I really like that idea of the the cycle pushing the future of SAS forwards. Totally. <laughs> so thank you so much for um, covering all of that today. Um, do you have any final thoughts for everyone, um, for all our listeners of the podcast? No, I mean, just feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat about this or, or any other SaaS related topics. Um, you can reach me at Spencer at getbeamer.com. Um, and then, yeah, if anyone wants to check out Beamer, it is, I do think like a very effective tool um, for managing the feedback loop. And you can just go to getbeamer.com um, and sign up for a free trial. And we'd love to, to help you out. And just, yeah, really appreciate the opportunity to chat here and um, love what you're doing on the podcast. So thanks a lot. Thanks very much.